0: He's too good to not believe, and he's still in the miracle working business, and I don't know what miracle you need, but I know God knows what you need, and I'm so glad that you're here today or you're connecting online or you're at our Atascocita campus because God has a personal and powerful word just for you from his word, and don't you tell me he can't do it. Whatever it is you need, don't you tell me he can't do it. He's the God of the impossible. Do you believe that, Woodland Church? Let's pray together. Dear God, I know that you know the hurts and the trials and the pain of every person within the sound of my voice. And Lord, I thank you so much that you're still in the business of working miracles, the miracle of healing, healing lives and relationships and bodies. And Lord, I just pray over the next few moments that you would just meet all of us at our point of need. Meet us right in the middle of our brokenness and bring blessing out of it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Well, we all know the saying, when life gives you lemons, make... Someone last night said margaritas, so I'm glad you didn't do that. Uh Well, we all know that it's a proverb that encourages encourages us to stay positive in the face of sour circumstances that come into our lives and to make something sweet out of them. But I've gotta say, when I'm going through real adversity and walking through overwhelming pain and hurt, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, sounds a little trite. Like a feel-good, surface-level statement that doesn't seem very helpful. And apparently, I'm not the only one that gets a little sarcastic about this saying. I came across these newer, humorous twists on this little proverb. And you might like a few of these. The first one is, when life gives you lemons, freeze them and throw them as hard as you can at your enemies. And this one says, when life gives you lemons, squirt the juice in the eyes of the people that make your life difficult. But here's one that really expresses what we feel like doing with the lemons that life gives us. When life gives you lemons, chuck it back in life's face. And I think if we're honest, we all wish we could, but that's not an option. You don't get to choose what circumstances come into your life, but you do get to choose your response. And that's why we're starting a new series this weekend that I'm calling Lemonade. Because we're gonna look at what the Bible has to say about turning life's lemons into lemonade. And it's not about having a surface level positive attitude that ignores the reality and the depth of pain. It's all about bringing everything that comes into our lives, even the sour circumstances, and giving them to God so that he can give us the sweetness of his peace and he can take all my adversity, all my pain, all my heartache and brokenness and make something beautiful out of it for his glory and my ultimate good. So I want you to open your Bibles to the book of James chapter one. We're gonna do a little study of James chapter one verses two through four, and would you stand in honor of God's word, Will Church, and just follow along with me. This is really an eye-opening passage because it goes totally against human nature but yet it's supernatural and it's powerful and it's life-changing. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You can be seated. I want you to focus in on that first phrase and that passage. Consider it a sheer gift. Consider it a sheer gift when lemons come into your life. Consider it a sheer gift when trials and problems and pain come into your life. He's saying you need to get a whole new outlook on adversity. You need to get a whole new perspective on the problems and pain that come into your life. See, the Bible teaches that our greatest adversity is really our greatest opportunity for God to work a miracle in our lives. The Bible teaches that our greatest problem is really our greatest possibility for God to take us to a new level and bring new paths, to bring changes and new possibilities and new blessings into our lives. The Bible even teaches that failure is a gift that our greatest failure, God can use and turn it into a stepping stone to take us to true success. I really believe you can't have true success without failure first, but God can even take our failures and turn them into a gift. Really, I could have called this message the gift of pain, but I'm not sure you would have come today if you saw that. But that's really what it is, it's the gift of pain, and that's really even hard for me to say because I know I hate pain. None of us want pain to come into our lives. We wanna avoid pain. But if we could just see it today from another perspective for just a few moments, then we could unwrap the gift of pain and give it to God so he can take us to new levels in our lives. So what do we need to do according to this passage as we do a little study of this passage the first thing that I need to do so that I can give all the lemons in my life to God and he can give me the sweetness of his peace and use my pain for a greater purpose is I have to stop running from my pain. I've gotta stop running from my pain and turn to God. You might wanna put this down in your notes somewhere. Stop running from your pain and turn to God because usually we wanna run from our pain Avoid it at all costs, even though it's already come into our lives. Pretend like the lemons really aren't there. We want to anesthetize our pain. Do just about anything to forget about our pain. But the pain is there. And it creates all kinds of problems in our lives if we don't learn to turn to God. To stop running from our pain and turn to God. In James 1.4 it says, Let it do its perfect work so you become mature. Now, when you commit your life to Christ, you experience his forgiveness. He comes into your life with his Holy Spirit. You have heaven one day. He changes your heart, and he gives you a new heart that has a desire to follow God with all your heart. The problem is you still have the same old flesh with its fleshly desires, and your flesh craves all kinds of things that will destroy you. And so really, in your flesh, and by the way, your brain is just a piece of flesh, and so in your brain, you still have some old habit patterns, some ruts that need to be renewed so that you can be totally changed. And in your emotions, you have some broken places. In your mind, you have some broken places. You have a new heart, but you've got some broken places in your life that you have to learn to admit and then you give them to God so he can start bringing restoration to those broken places in your life. That's really what spiritual growth is. A lot of people get confused about spiritual growth. They think spiritual maturity, spiritual growth is all about going to a lot of Bible studies. It's all about just reading God's word, and those are important things in spiritual growth. But the reason you do those things is so that you can discover more about the broken places in your life and then line them up with God's word and give them to God so that he can bring healing and restoration to those broken places. And so, what I've gotta do first is just admit that I'm broken. One of the main reasons we get stuck in our pain is pride. It's really denial, and we don't give our lemons to God so he can make sweet lemonade, his peace, and his purpose in our lives. We don't admit our brokenness. We minimize our powerlessness and our brokenness. We say things like, well, my brokenness isn't that bad. Sure, maybe, you know, I've made some messes, but my messes aren't that big a deal. Compared to everyone else, I'm not really that broken. Compared to everyone else, I mean, I really don't have a lot of problems in my life. I really don't have a lot of struggles. I'm sure I have a few, but compared to everyone else, I'm really not that bad. And it's our pride that keeps us from recognizing our brokenness. And it causes us to try to solve it ourselves. We try to fix ourselves. We try to look good on the outside, but on the inside, we're all broken. Really, you're a mess on the inside. We're all broken on the inside. We just have different broken places. But if we admit the brokenness in our humility and give that brokenness to God, then he can make something beautiful out of it. He begins the restoration and healing process to those broken places that are in our lives. You see, we put on a good show. We look good on the outside. But on the inside, we're broken like everyone else. When I was in college in the summer's, I would work construction. A friend of mine's dad owned a construction company, so we would both work kind of being gophers for his construction company, and one day we were at a construction site, and my friend drove his dad's truck out there, and we worked on this construction site, and then we noticed that the truck was stuck in the mud. As we tried to leave, it had been raining, and the truck was just, the tires were just stuck in the mud and we tried to get out, we couldn't get out and so I said, don't you wanna call your dad? He's got all the equipment just to pull us out right away. He says, no, no way in the world am I gonna call my dad. He said, we're gonna get this truck out and so he got back in the truck and I tried to put some boards under it and he took off again and I just got covered in mud and that truck just got buried deeper and deeper until you couldn't even see the tires. He was just so stuck And finally, you know, his dad came and it wasn't a very good scene. But some of you are right there right now. You're still trying to fix yourself because you don't think your brokenness is that bad. Make a few changes here. I can do this myself. I can fix myself. I'm not that broken. And you're just burying your life because you're trying to get out of it yourself. But you're really stuck in a rut because you don't admit your powerlessness You don't admit that you need God's power and you need the help of others and that you're just as broken as everyone else. But we all experience that denial. Some of you are about to crash and burn right now because you haven't admitted the brokenness that's in your life. But God loves you so much, he has an antidote to this denial, this pride that keeps us from admitting our brokenness and bringing it to God. His antidote is pain. Pain, it's as simple as that. Pain is really the acid that begins to eat through the wall of our denial. When the pain gets great enough, then we have to admit our brokenness. And so God will allow the pain into our lives. And that's why pain is a great gift, because it's that pain many times that breaks us down to the point where we have to realize we're broken. It's the pain that wakes us up to realize that we have to give all those lemons to God so that he can heal the broken places in our lives and bring his sweet peace to our hearts. Pain is a great gift, but it's a really unwanted gift. No one wants pain. And God uses some different types of pain as denial busters in our lives to try to break through so we'll stop running from our pain. And the first is pressure. God uses pressure. In James 1, 2, it says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So the pressure just reveals the brokenness and it forces us to face it. Now, can you imagine for just a moment that you've never, ever seen a lemon? You've never tasted a lemon. You've never seen a lemon. Just imagine that for a moment, but yet... You've tasted an orange. You know what an orange tastes like. You know the sweetness of an orange. You've had orange juice. And so you'd be probably thinking that this lemon tastes a lot like an orange. It's just a smaller version of an orange. It's just that it's yellow. That's probably what you would think. Now, of course, when you cut this lemon open and you squeeze this lemon, what comes out? Sweet orange juice, no. Sour lemon juice. When you cut this lemon and you squeeze this lemon, what comes out? Sweet apple juice. No. Sour lemon juice. When you cut this orange and you squeeze it, what comes out? Sweet grape juice. No, sour lemon juice because when the pressure's on and the lemon gets squeezed, what comes out? Whatever is on the inside is going to come out. And when the pressure is on in your life, and life squeezes you. Whatever's on the inside, those broken places, they're going to come out. But yet we blame our circumstances when the pressure's on. Maybe you have an anger problem. And then you blow up and you say, I don't know why I did that. It's just I'm just under so much pressure right now. I've got so many problems and so many stresses. I mean, that's just not like me. I just blew up because of that, and we blame our circumstances. no. Those circumstances, that pressure just brought out what was already inside you to begin with. It was already a broken place in your character that just brought it out. Or we blame others. We say, if my wife would just change, then everything would be great. If my husband would just stop doing what he's doing, then I wouldn't do what I'm doing. And we just blame other people. Or you know, it's really my boss It causes me to act this way. You know, we say, well, the pressure, I wouldn't have done that without the pressure. Well, of course, it's just the pressure that brings out what's already in there. Because when life squeezes you, what's on the inside is going to come out, and it just reveals the broken places in your life. And God allows the pressure in my life so that I have to face those broken places in my life. Those things that were already there, it's just the pressure brought it out because whatever's on the inside is going to come out when life squeezes you. But if the pressure and the pain of pressure don't break through, then sometimes God will allow a crisis to come into your life. That's when an earthquake hits your life and you're stunned and you're reeling and you realize that you can't make it through this one. It wakes you up to turn to God, the only one who can really hold you up, when you realize that this problem is just too big, this pain is just too much to really get through this time. It can be an illness, it can be a loss of a job, it can be the breakup of a relationship, but it's that gut punch that really wakes you up to the fact that you need God to get you through. That you need God to heal the brokenness that's in your life, because this one is just too big for you to get through. And sometimes God loves you so much, he will allow a crisis to come into your life to get you to the place where you realize you can't get through this on your own. So you realize how powerless you really are to make it through. For you see, if the pressure doesn't wake you up, sometimes God allows a crisis to wake you up to break through that denial, to realize that you're broken and you need him so desperately and you're so dependent upon him. But if the crisis doesn't work, God loves you so much that many times he will allow a failure to come into your life. In Psalm 119.71, David said, my troubles turned out all for the best. They forced me to learn from your textbook. You see, sometimes God allows us when we're going down the wrong path to experience pain and failure and make a total mess of things so that it stops us in our tracks, and we can get back on the right path. And David's saying here, I'm so glad that I had the pain of failure when I was going down that path because it forced me to turn to God and his textbook for my life. I was writing my own textbook, doing what I wanted to do in my life, and then the pain turned me to my purpose. I wasn't thankful at the time. It seemed like the worst thing at the time, but the trouble Turned out for my best. It was a gift because now I'm looking to go God's way and I'm finding true fulfillment. That's why many times God doesn't rescue us from the pain of our failures. Because he's a loving God, there are times when I'm going down the wrong path that he'll allow me to fail and feel the full pain of my failure so that I can learn from it. It's the pain that connects us to the learning many times. It's like I never wanna go that way again. I learned from it because I've been burned from it. And by the way, really, the freedom to fail is the freedom to grow. And God gives us the freedom to fail. He doesn't rescue us. Without the freedom to fail, you don't have the freedom to grow. Now, this has profound implications for parenting. For those of you who are parents, if you always rush in and rescue your kids from the pain of their failures every time, you do them a great disservice because you're saving them from a little bit of hurt now, but you're guaranteeing them a world of hurt later because they'll have to learn that lesson the hard way. They've gotta learn that lesson sometime and many times when it's later, it's much greater. Now, I'm all for protecting our kids. Don't get me wrong, there are a lot of things today we need to protect our kids from. We need to protect our kids from a lot of stuff that's on the internet. We need to protect our kids from bullying. We need to protect our kids from a lot that's going on in our culture today. So we need to protect our kids as parents. But if you're always rushing in to rescue your kids from the pain of their failures, you never let them make any mistakes, and you're always coming in and saving them, then basically you're saying, I don't really believe in you. I don't really think that you can learn from this. I've got to do this for you. And it creates insecure kids that become insecure adults. Look at James 1.4 as we go back to James again. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. See, God doesn't just come in and rescue us. He allows us to have that pain. And a lot of times in life, we try to rescue people from their pain, and it's so counterproductive. We want to rescue ourselves from pain. We don't want to go through any pain. We want to be comfortable and pain free and we want to rescue others from pain, the people we love from pain. And sometimes when we have good intentions, it really creates just the opposite effect. In fact, I heard this true story that in 1978 all the firefighters went on strike in Great Britain and the whole nation was really upset about it and they had to call in the British Army to take over for the firefighters in case of emergency. And there was a lady in South London who called into her local fire department and it was answered by a squad from the British army and she said she needed her cat to be rescued. So they went out to her house and with military precision rescued her cat in just a matter of minutes. And she was so grateful that she hosted the hero squad for tea and told them how grateful that she was. And they were feeling pretty good about it and then they got in their vehicles and waved goodbye and pulled out of the driveway and ran over the cat. What, that's it, that's the whole story, that's it. You thought it was gonna be some inspirational story. No, the cat's dead and that's the end of the story. No, I said that because I want you to remember that sometimes when you come in and rescue, you create a much worse problem but we're always trying to rescue ourselves and rescue others, but God loves you so much that he will let you fail and experience the pain of your failure. You get burned, and then you learn, unfortunately. And success can really fool you. You know that, don't you? There's nothing wrong with success. It's just that success can really fool you to think that you don't have many problems, to think that you're not really that broken, to think that when you're going down the wrong path, it's okay because you're having some material success, you're having some worldly success, you're having some achievements, you're getting some accolades. People think you've got it all together and that will really fool you. Nothing wrong with success. What you really need is significance and that only can come from God. When you admit your brokenness, no matter what others think about you when you reveal your brokenness, you get that healing from God and that makes all the difference. But don't dare let success fool you. That's why so many successful people crash and burn in different areas of their lives. Because success really tricks you into believing that you're not that broken like others who are failing. And God will allow failure in our life to wake us up. But then if failure doesn't work, then God will allow a total collapse. Sometimes God will step back and let us just feel the full brunt of our dumb decisions and our whole life collapses so everyone can see it. Maybe it's an emotional collapse, a relational collapse, a family collapse, a financial collapse. It's when you hit, hit rock bottom and there's no place else to look but up to God. And you know your whole life is collapsing and you can't ignore it anymore. Everything is falling apart and you can't ignore it anymore. It's evident for all to see It's a total collapse, and God loves you so much that he will let it all collapse so that you can't run from the pain anymore and you'll turn to him. If that's what it takes, I mean, the worst thing that can ever happen to you when you're going down the wrong path is for nothing to happen to you because that means that you are turning from God so often and you're rejecting God's ways so often that he's not stopping you. That's the worst thing that ever happened to you. The best thing that can happen when you're going down the wrong path is for God to allow that failure to come into your life, for God to allow that pain to come into your life, for God to allow that crisis to come into your life because he loves you so much and he doesn't want you to go down that wrong path and waste your whole life. He wants you to bring the brokenness to him. He will even, if this is what it takes, allow a collapse in your life so that all you can do is look up to him. But don't let it come to collapse. Let the pressures of life help you face your brokenness, admit your brokenness. And so the first thing we have to do, stop running from my pain and turn to God and then also... Tell someone else you trust. This is really important. Get honest with God about it. Instead of thinking, I'm not that bad. I can just clean up my act a little bit. I can fix it myself. No, you can't. We're all broken, we're all a mess on the inside. So you admit your brokenness, you bring it to God, but then you tell someone you trust because that's when everything changes. You're only as sick as your secrets. And when you begin to tell someone you trust, that struggle, that sin that you're not breaking through, That's when God begins giving you victory. When you bring the brokenness to him, he can bring blessedness out of it. And then believe God can heal and restore your brokenness. Stop running from your pain and turn to God, but then you have gotta believe that God can really heal and restore you. Believe that God can really give you victory. Believe that God can really restore the broken places in your life. In Colossians 1 Verse 15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. What that means is, if you wanna know what God is like, you have to look at Jesus Christ and what Christ is like. We can't see God, but Christ lived upon this earth so that we know what Christ is like. And there are three essential things that we see in Christ's life that really point us to what God is like and help us to believe that God really can restore, and heal the broken places in our lives. The first one is really important. God knows you're hurt. God knows you're hurt. In Matthew 9:36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When Christ looked into the crowd, he didn't just see a crowd, he saw each individual heart and each individual hurt and he looked right into their hearts. He he saw past the outside, and he saw the sour hurt. He saw the wounds in their heart, the broken places in their hearts, and he didn't judge them for that. The only people that he criticized and he came after were those who tried to show themselves like they had it all together. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, those who didn't admit their brokenness but the crowd who was hurting so deeply, they knew how broken they were. They knew how desperate they were and Christ looked right into their hearts and he saw each individual hurt. And today, someone out there is thinking, nobody really knows how bad my marriage is and how much it's hurting, how much pain I'm in. Maybe nobody knows, but God knows. God knows about it. He sees right into your heart and he sees the hurt. Some of you are thinking maybe nobody knows about the stresses in my business. I'm just trying to keep it all together and I'm not sure that I can. God knows. He looks right into your heart and he sees your hurt. He doesn't judge you for it. He doesn't judge you for the broken places. He just wants you to bring it to him, to stop running from the pain and admit it, turn to him and tell someone that you trust so that you can have someone in it with you, praying for you. And someone out there is struggling with the same old sin over and over again, and, and you're thinking, hey, nobody knows the mess in my life. I look like I've got it all together. I mean, I'm a Christian, I come to church all the time, but I've got a, a mess in my life right now. God knows, God knows, and he's not judging you for it. He just wants you to bring it out in the open so that he can begin healing and restoring your life. Jesus Christ looks right into your heart, and maybe no one else knows, He knows, he knows, but also he cares. God cares about your hurt. It says he had compassion on them. His heart was breaking for everyone's heart that was breaking that he looked into. His heart was breaking for those who were trapped in their sins and their brokenness. His heart was breaking for those who'd been wounded so deeply and were holding on to that hurt. His heart was breaking for every broken place and every broken heart. He cares about what you're going through. Maybe no one else cares, but God cares, and that's all that matters. But then this is really important. God can heal your heart. He's not just a benevolent grandfather somewhere in the sky that really knows your hurt, really cares about it, but he can't do anything about it. He wishes he could, but he can't. No, God can heal your broken places. In Luke 18, 27, it says, Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. There's nothing that God cannot handle. There's nothing that God cannot heal and don't you tell me he can't do it. I don't know what impossible situation you're facing and I'm not talking about denying reality. I'm not gonna tell you, oh, when life gives you lemons, just make lemonade, because you can't make lemonade on your own with the lemons that life has given you. But you give them to God and God will give you his sweet peace in the middle of it and he can heal the brokenness in your life you're not so broken that God can't bring healing because I don't know what impossible situation you're facing and I think it's important just to admit it's impossible. I can't get through this problem. I'm not gonna be able to carry this pain. There's no way that I'm gonna get through this situation. It's just too great for me. It's just too painful. But then you bring it to God and that impossible situation become, becomes God's miracle. The mess in your life becomes God's miracle in your life. That adversity in your life becomes your greatest opportunity for God to do a miracle in your life. That problem in your life becomes your greatest possibility for God to take you to a new level and new blessings and a new path that gets you to your purpose. That great failure in your life that you're trying to hide, that's the very thing God wants to turn into a stepping stone that will take you to true success. And don't let anyone fool you. Anyone who's experiencing true success has gone through failure. God wants to take all the brokenness and he wants to restore it. So I've gotta believe that God can do it. I've gotta stop running from my pain and turn to God and tell someone I trust. But then secondly, I've gotta really believe that God can restore and heal my brokenness because if I don't believe that, then I'm not gonna really turn to God. If I don't believe he really has the power, then I'm just gonna keep anesthetizing my pain. I'm just gonna try to keep hiding my brokenness. If I really don't believe that God has the power and he cares about me and he is for me, then I'm not gonna come to him, I'm gonna hide from him. But then thirdly, I've gotta give God my brokenness and let him begin healing and restoring my life one day at a time. I've gotta give God my brokenness and and just let him start the healing process. And daily give that brokenness to him so he can heal a little more and a little more and renew my mind a little more and a little more in his word and keep trusting him a little more and a little more. In Jeremiah 17, 14, it says, Lord, you alone can heal me. You alone can save me. And my praises are for you alone. Think about that. That word alone, it's mentioned three times because it's God alone that brings healing. It's God alone They can take the lemons that come into our lives and make lemonade. You can't make lemonade with the lemons that come into your life. Oh, you can make lemonade with lemons, just add some sugar, add some water, but only God can really add the sweetness of his peace. Only God can really turn your adversity into an opportunity. Only God can do that, and he loves to do that. In Philippians 2.13, Look at it with me. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That is the verse I want you to meditate on and memorize this week. This makes all the difference. For God, who is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God wants to change your desires, and when he comes into your life, He changes your heart and your heart has a desire to follow him. Your heart has a desire to turn away from sin. But he also wants to give you the will and the power to do what pleases him. It's not willpower, because you can't make lemonade from the lemons you have. It's God's power. When life gives you lemons, bring them to God. And the amazing thing is, God will give you the desire, he will give you the will and he will give you the power to do what he's calling you to do. And that's what life change is all about. If you try to change with your own willpower, you have too much brokenness in your life to do that. But it's the brokenness that God uses to get us to blessedness, and it's the pain that God uses to get us to admit our brokenness. And then God can take the brokenness and make something beautiful out of it. And that's what spiritual growth is all about, and this series is gonna be all about spiritual growth how God wants to bring changes into our lives that truly change us, where we don't just fix ourselves up on the outside to look better, but we are better. That God creates something powerful in our lives that changes our character. If you're a Christ follower, you already have that desire to follow him. You, You already have that desire, but you just need... God to give you the power and you've gotta turn to him. And the only way you get that power is to admit you need it each and every day. That you can't make it on your own. That you need his power to change the broken places in your life. And what happens is when we start getting a little success in the Christian life, we think that we're not that broken anymore. And we start judging others. And if you're judging others, then you know that you're in a place where you're going down the wrong path. If you're comparing yourself to others, then you're going down the wrong path and and look out for the pressure and the crisis and the failure because God loves you too much to let you go down that wrong path. In fact, if you're judging someone, in fact, if someone in your life or someone you know is causing a lot of problems in your life and bitterness is starting to develop and you're judging them, and what you ought to do is you ought to write their name down on a piece of paper. And then write down all the character things in their life that are just bugging you so much. Write down all the character problems in their life that's bringing problems and pain to you. All of them. Write them all down. And then erase their name and put your name. And you'll find that those are the character qualities you have. That's why they bug you so much. And then you'll stop judging them. It really works. It really works. Some of you need to do that because whenever you're going down the path to judge others, well, they're not as spiritual as I am. They haven't been to as many Bible studies as I have. They don't really love God like I do. I mean, because I'm so passionate about God, but they're really not. Then you know you're going down the wrong path and it's gonna lead to pain because God loves you enough to give you the gift of pain. But God wants to give you the gift of pain so you admit your brokenness so you can experience his blessedness and his miracles and his power in your life. Do you want that, to experience God's blessedness and his beauty and his power and his sweetness in your life? Do you want that, Woodland Church? And do you believe that he can bring healing to you? Most of you out there, you know you need healing, and God wants to bring it to you today. Let's bow together and pray. And I'm gonna pray for God's healing because not only is this series gonna be a spiritual growth series, it's gonna be a miracle series. I believe God wants to heal. And so many of you, you admit you need healing in that broken place in your life. And God is ready to bring that healing. Sometimes it just comes one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time, as you keep trusting him. And before you know it, that place is healed. Sometimes it's instantly is sometimes God gives you victory over sin just instantly and you keep trusting him in it and trusting him in it one day at a time and you live in that victory. And other times, it's three steps forward and two steps back, but he brings healing over time. But I believe with all my heart, God wants to heal bodies. God wants to heal emotions that have been damaged. God wants to heal wounds that have been inflicted on you that weren't your fault. God wants to heal and give you victory over some struggles that you've not been able to break free from. God wants to heal relationships and marriages and families. Let's pray for God's healing right now. Do you believe that? This passage says, believe and don't doubt. And God can give you that wisdom, that healing. And yeah, we all have some doubts that come into our minds, but choose against those. And you choose, despite your feelings, to believe God for the next few weeks, and you're gonna see miracles in your life. I guarantee you, you can see three things in this series. If you really trust the Lord, if you're here, and you're learning, and you're growing, or you're connecting online, expect number one, miracles from God, open your eyes to see the miracles from God you're gonna see in the next few weeks. And then secondly, you're gonna have Satan hassle you because he hates God working miracles in your life. You're gonna see Satan hassle you, but he can't win the victory, God's already won it, And thirdly, you can expect to grow like never before, to grow in Christ like never before. So you count on that, open your eyes to watch for his miracles, let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your love for us. You love us so much that even you allow pain into our lives to turn us toward you, to admit our brokenness so that we can experience your healing and restoration. And Lord, I know that so many out here today are going through that right now That gift of pain, and Lord, it just doesn't seem like a gift when it comes into my life. But I know that you have a purpose, and even when I can't see it, so I pray right now that you would bring healing in the deepest hurts and brokenness in our lives. I pray for healing, Lord Jesus, physically for people today who are going through sickness and illness. I pray for healing, Lord, emotionally for those, Lord, who. emotions are hurting so deeply. I pray for healing for broken relationships and marriages and families that only you can do. I pray for healing, Lord Jesus, and victory over struggles and sins that have kept us trapped. I pray for healing in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that you know where each of us need healing. Help us to admit that brokenness to you and to someone we trust and bring that healing, Lord Jesus, that spiritual growth, that restoration. We're all broken, Lord, but we bring our brokenness to you. Lord, we take our lemons and we bring them to you. You're the only one that can make true lemonade out of our life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you've never received Christ, You can pray to receive Christ right now and he'll come into your life, forgive you of your sins, give you a new heart with new desires and you can join the hundreds who have written their name on the stage. For on Easter, hundreds of people came to Christ and then they came up here and wrote their name on the stage. You can come up after the service and write your name on the stage and let someone up here know that you've trusted Christ, that he's in your life, that he'll always be in your life. If you're online, you can click I'm committing my life to Christ and we'll help you grow in your faith. But let's stand with in church because whatever life brings, we have a God that we can bring it to. And in the deepest hurts, we can bring them to him and he will hold us up when nothing else can. I want us to sing that as a confession of faith. Whatever life brings, he's there. Do you believe that with all your heart? I believe that. Sometimes I can't feel it, but I believe that. Let's choose to believe that as we start this series. Let's sing it to the Lord. And I hope you'll go out after the service and enjoy the Spring Family Festival. It's gonna be a blast. We do that because we love the community and just want to celebrate what God did at Easter with all of you. But let's sing, whatever life brings, we can bring it to God. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook Podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.